Well, hello. It's time for another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. Oh, boy. I have a lot of emotions going on today, uh, as we all do. It's Monday. This is coming out on Friday. Uh, who knows where we'll be um, by that. But um, uh, and, and it's it's weird because I always record my my intros after I do an episode. And I'm in a much better place. And I promise you a really fun and delightful show with my two guests, Julie Brown and Jessica Chafin. Um, and so let me do quick little plugs and then sort of get into where I am. I always go through like these emotional mornings before I come to do this show and I, I get all fired up and I have all these thoughts. And then I feel like sometimes I sit down and it's it's a jumble and I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, um, let, me, let me go with, let me plug and talk about my guests a little bit first before I get into how it, what else is going on. Um, so uh, Jessica is going to be, is she's, uh, you know her from Rana Bev podcast, the Rana and Beverly podcast, which is just the most delightful thing ever on Earwolf. Uh, but she's going to be hosting a new podcast called The Kibbits uh, with Dan Crane that uh, starts on October 17th. She's also a voice on Big Mouth, which was a cartoon that I was lucky enough to work on on season two. I had nothing to do with season one, but do check out Big Mouth on Netflix because it is the funniest, most painful, beautiful. It is puberty brought to you by Nick Kroll and Andrew Goldberg. And it's just so delightful and, and um, great. And so Jessica is fantastic on that. And then my other guest, uh, of course, is Julie Brown, who, um, you know, from 8 Million Things, from Just Say Julie to Medusa to um, The Edge, which was one of my favorite shows uh, growing up, uh, uh, sketch comedy shows. And she is going to be doing her musical version of The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, which I get to play The Homecoming Queen in. So we're doing it together on stage. If you're in L.A. in October the 13th through the 21st, I believe, it's if you um, go, uh, if you search for um, Casita Del Campo or JulieBrown.com, you can get tickets for that. If you're in L.A., we're only doing four shows, so catch it when you can, and um, it's it's a blast and it's just you know be with Julie Brown and um, I can't believe I get to be Debbie the homecoming queen uh, against her um, okay so again I'm in a much better place I had a really rough morning as we as we all have um, the, the shooting happened last night in, in Vegas and it always brings up so much and here's the thing uh, my brand to get really gross and talk about my brand is to talk about some horrible person at Starbucks and be like this is what they did and then this is what I said or this is what I observed that gives me a lot of life to observe a terrible minor small human behavior some awful thing someone says I find it really fun to sort of share that or say, here's something about people that really kind of gets to me. Uh, and I like to be a little Andy Rooney about <laughs> whatever. And I feel like an idiot talking about some major thing. Um, but then I feel like an idiot not talking about it. So I'd rather be the idiot that talks about it than just sort of pretend like this didn't happen. And it continues to happen. And... Also, what happened today, or was announced, I think it did literally happen today, is that Tom Petty died. And so, 
it was just the, this thing where I just I just really went through this place where I was like, I'm so fucking tired of old white men. Like I'm fucking tired. I'm tired of these fucking white men ruining our country, uh, ruining our planet as fast as they fucking can. It's like they know they're about to leave the earth. So they're like, I'm going to take out as much shit as I can with me. And. I just when they revealed who the shooter was, I was like, of course, it was a fucking old man. It was a white man who, of course, that's what it was, uh, who it was. And, you know, uh, you know, and again, it's the argument. It's like, had it been, you know, a, a person of color, it would have been some sort of Black Lives Matter or ISIS thing. And it's but since it's a white man, it's just some like some kook, something mentally ill. But there's something fucking wrong with with white men. And I am a white man and I am a part of the problem. And I think it's that we have to acknowledge that and feel responsible for that and and um, we know this was not this particular case we don't know anything we don't need any details he had gambling debts I guess that was it or, or maybe maybe not even that I mean maybe we'll know more by Friday when this comes out um but we refuse to acknowledge the like how you know this horrible thing that that white men are doing and older white men are doing and we have one fucking trying to ruin our country every day who's in charge of all of us and it's and it's just it's 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 sickening to me and it bothers me and the most heartbreaking thing on November 9th was every person of color I talked to was just like mm-hmm yeah business as usual and that was heartbreaking to me. I mean, the white people were outraged. The, on the, we were the ones who, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And, you know, uh, black friends of mine were like, I can. Uh, uh, hello. And you're like, oh, fuck. This is, this, is, this is a real problem. And, you know, this is something that um, I don't know what it's like to be a person of color. I don't know what it's like to be a woman. Um, but I do know what it's like to be straight. And that's a, that's the difference. Uh, you know, black people know what it's like to be white. Women know what it's like to be a man. Because walk outside and see the world and see how things get rewarded and see how things, you know, get excused and ignored. And it's just, it's just shattering to me and it's a lot of a lot of feelings and then we have someone who's of the similar age who is one of the cool old white men who was like the fucking definition of old cool white men and that's Tom Petty and you're like oh we can lost him today too so it's this really upsetting feeling about and and I don't even know how to but just there's something so crazy ironic about these two things these two men who were of you know, similar age uh who just like changed the world in different ways uh you know uh, you know that we are that we are dealing with but i'm really I'm really fucking done with it. And I think it's something that we have to own. We can't say, well, it's not my fault. I didn't have anything to do with that. We need to own that we fucking own slaves and that we fucking were the Nazi. I mean, something I learned when I went to Germany, the, one of the most, possibly the most like unbelievable slash like weirdly awesome thing in Berlin is that there is so much ownership of you know of what happened there and it's saying look what we did we pulled people out of their homes right here you know there is art about it there are plaques everywhere they're saying we did this and as our country we're saying it's not our fault it's not me it's not me and i, I feel like you know we just have to fucking look at the fact that it is us and 
we have a major problem. And yes, it's it's guns, but it's also this fucking entitled generation. I mean, talking about kids, like to blame millennials or kids of being like these messes. No, let's look at let's look at baby boomers who what the fuck have you really gone through? I mean, I'm sorry, but like with all due respect, I look at that timeline and I don't say this lightly, but you had Vietnam, which is was a horrible thing. Other than Vietnam, you guys, what have you gone through? You had jobs handed to you. You're so mad now that that women and people of color and gay people are rising up and getting things that you think that you should have. And, you know, fuck you. We're in this together, you know, and I just um <sighs> That's where I am. I'm getting more emotional about it as well. You know, gay people still can't give blood. There's also that thing that's going on that it's like people trying to help. And we still deal with the fact that that is if there's anything that I am so passionate about as a gay person, it's the fact that I can't give blood to another human being. It's the most humiliating, um, dehumanizing evil thing that's like you know they're worried about AIDS like hello don't they test all of the blood um I posted about that today and I was mansplained by a straight white guy why why the laws exist and he wasn't agreeing with the laws and but it was like yet again I had a fucking somebody who's not gay tell me like this is why this is happening and it's like we have to stop doing that and we have to like I'm I need to learn so much more about that because I'm on a mission to learn about this blood thing and how we can really make that a big cause and I'm really I really want to learn more about it because I don't know much about it I just know that there is this law that I thought a few years ago got reversed but apparently not because a lot of people are talking about it so Please send me things, educate me. Um, and I also just need to shut up and I need to stop. I need to be aware of the fact that if I'm ever like, you know, unaware of my privilege or I feel like I need to explain something to someone, you know, I need, maybe don't. Maybe I don't need to do that. Maybe I just need to be quiet and I need to listen because, um, you know, we're the problem. White people are the devil. How about that? All right, let's have a show. Oh, I'm sitting here with Julie Brown and Jessica Chafin. Hello. Hi, Drew. Oh, oh my God. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm gr- well, you know, whatever. I I'm, know. I, I, I can't even say I'm great. I, I mean, I guess I know that's the thing we're supposed to say when we see each other. Like, I'm great. I know. This was a rough but Monday. It was a rough Monday. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how. Really rough day. How current events you like to go. But this was like yeah, no, not only a Monday, but a Monday. It's been a real yeah. Monday. I'm getting ready. I always record my intro after I do the okay, show. Okay, okay. And I'm going to... I am going to get into it, and I and I will say, and people listening will have already heard the intro. Oh, okay. I have no idea where I'm going with it, but I have a lot of emotions and stuff. We it'll can be talk in a little there. bit, but it'll, it'll be, be in there. there. It will be in the show. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's. I'm just grateful to have an opportunity to talk to people today. I like, know, me too. You know, yeah. I actually, I thought of this as therapy. Oh, I, right? I, I do it every week. I'm like, yeah. thank God I get to do this. I'm, I'm going to talk from to this and, to therapy. You oh. are. But I was, I was, I felt exactly the same. Because you know how it is in LA. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just have a bunch of busy stuff I'm doing, but I'm not necessarily seeing another person today unless yes. I go out of my way. Yes. And this was definitely a day where, you, where I was like, oh. Yeah. 
yeah. what a delight that I'll get to go. It's yeah, see it is delightful. really nice, and I, I really do like to. And, Andrew Drogi, see Andrew Drogi. <laughs> <laughs> That's in my called, head. You're an Andrew. I, I am an Andrew. No, I am an Andrew, but I've you're never. You're candy in my head. I, you know. I, know. That. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring up candy. You hate it when I say it. But no, I, I love can't it. Stop. I get. My mom. My mom's name is Candy, <gasps> and so and she I listens to this. Name. She listens to this. So she Hi, lo- Candy. She loves the Hi, shout out. I just love the name Candy Drogi. Is is her name Candice? No, her name is actually Edwina, but. Uh, welcome to the South, where yeah. everybody has nicknames. And that everything. doesn't make sense, Always right? Always sweet as candy pie. Well, so then they called no. her name from Bert. Her name, her maiden name is Crane. So my grandparents mm-hmm. were like, "Wouldn't it be cute to have a little candy crane?" So my mom was Candy Crane forever, and then and she is such a candy when you meet her. You would never think her name would be Edwina. I mean, my grandmother's name is Edwina, but she goes by Weena. That's and, just rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I've never considered it because she just is such a weena to me. But I know <laughs> it is. <laughs> you would think anybody else, especially now being like, hey, yeah. weena. Because it could like, be weener in Southern of talk. Course, of course. Of course. Yeah. Weena. Yeah. And, uh, She's but, a real weena. But weena and so like, but I just don't ever, when I hear Edwina, I... It's like so strange and it's so very, removed it's from my mother. It's very formal also. Yes. Yeah. And no one is named that now. No, no and it's one. also like no it one's even named like Edwin a, anymore. But it's like yeah. a like a nineteenth century like spinster, and yeah. Like yeah. A, you know, in like a in like yeah. a British novel, you know. Yeah. Don't disturb Aunt Edwina. <laughs> She's up in the attic, you know, <laughs> cross stitching, so yeah, so knitting the a revolution. Of my mother, so I can imagine being like my mother Edwina. Um, <laughs> but I love that you always you call me Candy. Candy. I just love the name. Candy. We went on just because of his mother. Well, I knew his mother's name was Candy. Oh. He came on a on my podcast, Ron and Beverly, and we talked all about candy and I think it's because he was carrying candy's bag that I day. was carrying but I, candy was, had a monogram bag a monogram bag it was when we were on our trip actually to San Francisco oh is that what it was yes and I had a monogram yes, bag yes. that said drogi on it and yes so I was right. like that's what candy drogi gave us for Christmas it was monogrammed lands end bags because that because oh, that's a, so fabulous yeah great gift that's what you do and yeah. so then you so know, I never have stopped calling him candy okay and, I, that I, and I've sense. even screamed at him in traffic and he gets <laughs> I've, you've never seen him we're terrified like I'm driving by because I live not too far from you. Yes, and I sometimes see him walking on the street, and I'm like, "Candy!" And he's like, like literally jumps into a bush with fear. And I'm like, I don't know if Drew has any idea who I am, or if he just thinks I'm the crazy lady that's uh, calling Candy. I love it, but I also just it's it's so not my own name. So even though it's my mom's name, I'll, I sometimes I might hear it and just think panic. And I think we're just we live in panic right now, and it's like at any moment you're like someone just screamed last night i went into my bar franklin and company in my in my in our neighborhood is that your bar it's my bar uh-huh that's your um, spot i have been going there a lot lately um because um my friend frankie frescator who i left will need to uh name drop as well we meet up at franklin and company and i went in and there was somebody so that he's works franklin there. and you're in company right yeah you know he also calls frankie. His, yeah mm-hmm, yeah so frankie and drew like to have nightcaps together <laughs> we meet up at franklin and company but I walked in yesterday, and someone that worked there just just screamed Drew Drogi when I walked in, and oh. I, I panicked. Yeah, because I was just like, whoa, and I just felt like the whole, there's a f- restaurant full of people, and I, I just was like, you I've ruined got, you know, all of their meals. I, I, I bought all of their meals. I just was like, you know, so I, I said, please, I'd like so to buy please, everyone's like meals. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I am. That's how I. How do. is the service at Franklin and Co? It's, um, you know, and what's your and what do you eat? I'm curious, like. What? I do, what you I, will eat, because their menu is they have dicey a, at best. They have a, a turkey burger that I do enjoy. Okay. 
they have a you know a, um, a, a salad um, kale salad that I'll sometimes have oh I have, love that you know and I might put a, uh, some chicken on it just cause mm-hmm. I can't have a it too pro- healthy extra protein little protein and uh, yeah are you a vegetarian Julie? no okay no okay. but I have like eating things you know like I don't eat wheat right or soy and I knew you were really healthy and like, I don't really drink good. and have you uh, never? Have you always been a teetotaler? Or did no, you no. Oh my God, no! I was becoming an alcoholic in my twenties. Oh, okay. Completely. Wow. But I was married to this guy, and he was really an asshole. But I didn't know <laughs> that because I like every night I would have some wine, uh, and uh, he kept saying, <laughs> "This marriage is going great," and he kept telling me it was great, and I'm like, "I'm so unhappy. What is happening?" Wow. So I just had the idea. My dad was a big, big alcoholic, too. Uh-huh. So I, you know, that's not great. Was he a gambler, your father? No, just just a full on alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And so I thought if I stop drinking, maybe I'll figure out what's happening, you know. And I did. And I suddenly was like, oh, my God, he's an asshole. He's yeah. a nightmare. And then within, I think, a year, year and a half, I was divorced. Uh-huh. And then then you go, OK. Am I going to start drinking again? Am I right, gonna... right. And I have such a negative feeling for myself. Now, I don't pass like judgment on of somebody course, else. Yeah, well, yeah. some people, yes, but sure. But, well, yeah, um, when they can yeah. handle. Well, it, yeah. Yeah. we right. thought we thought you'd be sort of fun. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm not. I fun. don't judge pass judgment on anyone. Well, <laughs> go have dinner with somebody else. <laughs> no, I do. No, I just no, wanted I've to never, say that. I've never. I knew that you. Were, I knew that you didn't drink, but I've never known you to be judgmental of people who do. No, except because for when people are. But it's it's obviously was a thing in your life yes. that you have seen wreak a lot of destruction. It, it's so destructive. So you were like, I don't need that I don't, near me. No, yeah. so I didn't, and then I never started again because, well, when my son was really little, when he was a baby, there was a point where I wasn't sleeping, and I thought, maybe if I had some wine, and I... I did, and then I went. This isn't going to work. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So then I haven't, mm-hmm. and now to me it seems like it would be so weird to drink. Yes, right. Because if you've lived that long without it, it it's weird. And I mm-hmm. know most people don't want to do that. Right. It explains why your right. skin is so gorgeous. Well, thank really you. Yeah, it does though. I know. <laughs> I mean, as I'm like uh, three scotches deep, I'm like, oh, look at that. You know. I know. I, I yeah. I. Um, I really admire, it's like just knowing your position with alcohol and not having to be like, I have to get to a horrible rock bottom place in myself to know that it's just probably not great for me. Or yeah, like it's wrapped up in other stuff. And it's right. just like, why? 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 Go for I it. had that same epiphany with being, cocaine too. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. At the same time, um, or, or? Kind of around the same era? No, yeah. it was before that. Uh huh. It was like when I first came back to LA from acting school because I grew up here, and everyone was doing coke, right? right. So I did it, and then you know I and I loved was, it and loved it. <laughs> I do. I still do every now and then, but I have to be really. I I know. I have a thing where I if I do too much I immediately shut down and I hate it like I I do very little and then I'm good and I don't need to do more I'm only lucky in that way because and I and it has to be on special occasions because it can't be because it can get real out of control real out of control real fast and I think but um, I'm that way with coffee though after two cups of coffee if I have more than that I get tired and really cranky and like I hate it so like I just there's something in my system that just shuts down after stimulants. too much ups, it doesn't too like many too much stimulants. stimulants. Yeah, yeah, it really. And then um, you get angry. Yes, like yeah. really prickly, cold, angry, right. like mad at the way. Yeah, um, but yeah. So anyway, yeah. But you, I've heard the stories of like 
you know, that people would just be like, oh, I'm tired. Oh, we'll do a bump of coke. Oh, my God. Especially Everyone was doing coke. I mean, I did my first, one of my first TV jobs, Happy Days. Mm-hmm. I did that on coke. I, I, wow. I know. I know. By myself. It wasn't <laughs> like I was doing it with Fonzie, but I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, that's a good idea. Great idea. So, I did it, but and then you know people were doing it. And suddenly, I did it on a New Year's Eve, and I woke up the next day with that feeling like you have the flu, the way Coke can make you feel. Uh huh. And I went every this ounce is- of serotonin removed yes. from yes. your body. Yes. Yeah. And I went, this is a horrible idea. And this is how I'm starting the new year. I'm never doing this again. That was the yeah. end of it. Oh. So I, ha- it's like I have a moment where I, you know, uh-huh. go, that's it. And it right. really happens. And you stick to it. That's I what's do. really that's what's really interesting good. though. And worse yeah. than cocaine is all the stuff that they cut it with and stuff oh, on it. It's oh, like baby, who knows? F- for baby laxatives ba- and, yes. and you know all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Gasoline. Potions yeah, exactly. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Powdered yeah. creams. Um, Powdered creams. <laughs> Powdered creams. Pearl creams. Talc. talc. <laughs> Instant mashed potatoes. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, so what did you do on Happy Days? I don't think I ever knew that you were on Happy Days. I played this girl named Susie Simmons, and I, I talked like this. My name was Susie Simmons. <laughs> and I, they said I, I had to act like I had a retainer in, and I was Ralph Mouth's girlfriend of course on, oh, on a camping God. episode. Oh, oh my so God. I was I like, hi. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> it was it was really Fresh fun and weird though because okay, Henry Winkler right was the fawn, so uh-huh. he thought he was all that. So it was <laughs> so like the funny that the, he was the fawn. It's ridiculous because yes. if you know him now, I know he's, he's like, like the grandpa. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be the nicest man. He is really nice. Now. He's like, so nice yeah. that you're like, is he crazy? Yeah. No, he's that's just so a nice guy. Is. Yeah, but he comes up to me on the first date. He goes, "So, what are you doing for lunch?" And I'm like, <laughs> like uh, the Fonz wants yeah, to have lunch with well, me. Well, yeah. he didn't. That's why I go, well, I don't know. He goes, because I'm going out with my friends. So I went, oh, my God. Like, he just wanted to see me get excited about the possibility. <laughs> and I'm like, what an asshole. Like, <laughs> and I love that it. That's, weird? Yeah. That's kind of a joke in in our show. And the Homecoming Queen's got <laughs> You use that in our, you know. Um, Julie has turned um, her classic song, The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, into a musical, which I'm so happy to be a part of. We, I can't believe you, told, you just told me we first did it four years ago. It's so weird, right? But we're doing it again in, in October, and there's a line about that where, you know, that you get to, you know, you you channeled your, your experience Fonzie with the Fonz. Oh my God, I love that. He plays Debbie. He's so I get hilarious. To be like, I honestly am sitting here thinking to myself, I think I probably know every word to that song. You've got to come see the show. You I have to see it. I come see anything you do, you, Candy. Well, well, um, <laughs> Candy's amazing in Candy it. Candy is Debbie. I, I really do look like Candy when I put that wig on because yes. that hair is... Is that how your my mother mom, looks? My, and the, uh, my mom had that hair. In oh, the I 70s. know she looks like you in a dress. It I don't need like, to be told that just is, by looking at you. Oh, Can't you tell? Is your I, mother like six two? No, my mom. My mom is <laughs> insane. I look a lot like both of my parents. I see my dad and me a lot. Like as I as I get older, I see a lot more of my dad and me. But then I also see my mom when I put the wigs on, and it's certain. It's when I, it's the blonde wigs. And it's that, like, it's when it's feathered. Like yeah, that. And yeah. I'm like, I see my mom in, like, in the 70s when she, you know, in the 80s when she had, you know, the, the, the dues. Yeah. She was always, she always had the the trendy haircut. Yeah, the flip, the fara. Uh, yeah. The fara. She had the fara. Did she ever have a perm? I don't know. She definitely had, the 80s, it was, she definitely had a very, um, 
uh, Princess Diana hair. Oh, going right. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of that. Thick feather. Yes. On yeah. top. Yes. Yeah. Short-ish. Was, yes. And yeah. then she got, she got, it got uh, shorter and shorter. And now she's growing in a, a little bit longer. It's like shoulder length. Oh, now. that sounds. She's not so like happy a, right not now. Not like we're a talking. great idea, though. No, it is. It actually <laughs> the is. Long hair. I will tell you, she's got really good hair. I'm imagining really like a Cindy Lou Who flip. No, 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 no. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just her saying, like a Cloris Leachman. So, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When's the flip coming back? Oh I know. What it's, oh, to that? it'll be the, back. It'll be the, back. Like they the, all come you mean back. Like the like the like um, like hair the good like Cindy yeah. Lou Who down and then flips up. Yeah, like Carol Brady yeah. or Marla. Yeah, Thomas, yeah, exactly. That yeah. girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah Kendall exactly. Jenner will be sporting it soon. I'm sure. sure. There you go. And then Ed well, they'll go. It'll it'll progress from sort of Belle de Jour to that. <laughs> like it'll start there and then it'll end up and you'll mm-hmm. be like, you know, there's the flip. Yeah. yeah. With the Edward Scissorhands. Oh God. Kind of bow in the hair. Hair that's that deliberate is always a bad idea. I know. Right. When you're like, when you're like, it's such a it has to be hard style. Like it's it's just never gonna be good when everything's so that's how they look it's so weird mm-hmm. to me the Kardashians like every single thing on their face has been perfect they thought of everything mm-hmm. yeah like if you look at those pictures of Kylie Jenner you're going what is happening here she looks like a painting like oh, wow. she's walking around like a painting you know I don't I haven't seen I don't know what she would look like if she walked in right now I oh really admit. I do yeah no I mean yeah I do too she, yeah I, I don't know I mean I, I know, know who, every I know bump of that girl's is, face but, yeah. but um in fact yeah. I was looking at a picture of her earlier today wondering exactly what sort of nose job she had had because uh-huh. there was a picture there was some like of course I was reading the Daily Mail which I always am mm-hmm. and it was like Dr. Simon Orion says he would never give lip injections to a pregnant woman because I guess it's one of those things like Botox and fillers haven't been tested on pregnant uh-huh. women or something uh-huh. and there's, of course that's a story yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, a yeah, seven yeah. paragraph story, of course. which yeah. I am deeply, you know, sure. At go- oh, there she is. Look at this. Our, scrolling our, through at Go our, Greek. See, doesn't she just look like perfect? Engineers but, but, have just put up a picture of But click on the picture Jenner. of her in the pink tank so you can see the before. Oh, wow. So I was oh, comparing. Yeah. This is the exact photo I was comparing that yes. nose job. Yes. That nose okay. to that nose. Now, okay. So just a little looking, thinning. It's just looking a little thinning. at the Kylie Jenner now, I would recognize her and I would say that's Kylie Jenner. Yeah. So I know yeah. that. Yes. But. I just, I don't know what she's up to. Was she on? She has a show called Life with Kylie. Yeah, she's pregnant now. And it's horrible. She's got her friend, and they're going, let's see what's on the internet. And they're just (laughs) like, and they're always checking on how they're doing on the, online. And wow, they, she has that um, super child star thing, which child star is a weird kind of nomer to attach to her mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I mean I guess she is a child star like of yeah. this generation. Yeah. But that thing of they're just completely vacant mm-hmm. unless yes. they're given something to do. Yes. That right. they're literally right. like vessels. So that you meet them and they're like, hi and their hand doesn't even exist. Like they it's right. just like right. bones and yeah. <laughs> like like it's just wet noodle. And then and then when you're like, we need you to speak into this microphone or something, it's like a light bulb goes on and then they're able to do that <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's she, fascinating. I actually was, I was literally just talking about this with, oh, on bit, I did Bitch Sesh a few weeks ago. And oh my I, God, which and I, I was love. Talking Have you listened to Bitch Sesh? I haven't. I it's should. It's such a fun show. It's so great. It's like a Real Housewives I, recap. Yeah, no, I know yeah. about it. I just haven't listened. I have podcasts I have to catch up on. Yeah. So anyway, we were just talking about yeah. her because I was saying... 
in in brief, I was just saying that like you want to get plastic surgery, you want to do whatever you want to do, great. But she's such a young girl, and she's only twenty now. So actually, the difference between that picture that we just saw of her when she's about fourteen. And now she's had so many procedures done, so much alteration to her body. And also, like, it's brutal to have that kind of work yes, done to your yes. body. You yeah. have to recover from it. Yeah. It's not like she just, you know, the sister got a little lip filler. It's like, oh, all right. I mean, right. if you don't like it, wait six months, you know, or whatever. And I just think she must be so depressed and having such a weird identity crisis yeah. because literally there's almost nothing left on her body that is That's her. her. Right. So it's like, who are you? I don't or even. Or that she's not like fixated on. Like, how can I fix well, yeah. this that's what thing I mean. here? That and w- they kind of just the... abandoned her. Like, they gave her this business, but she kind of exists outside of the family yeah. unit in a way. And they're all about the family. Like, it doesn't shock me that she's going to have a kid now, even though she's twenty. Right. Because right, it's right. like, oh, what do you? I mean, what do you do? But there's got to be something so. Uh, that's well, first of all the the. What everyone says, it's like it becomes an addiction because you're like, you fix one thing and you got to fix another thing. Now you got to work on this. Now you got to do this. And yeah, it's like redoing a house. And then also when you're handed all of this so young, you, you don't know who you are. You have no drive. You have no desire. You have no perspective. And the, and the people that are supposed to be saying to you, you know what? Let's wait till you're 18. I know. Are yeah. saying, let's do it. Let's do it. I know. I know. And Can you imagine if your mother... Also, like, what does that do for your self-confidence if your mother was like, yeah, I do think you could have bigger tits mm-hmm. and look different than mm-hmm. what I made. Like, that's right. supposed to be the only person who's like, right. you On look great side. to me. As you are. Yeah, you exactly. Know. I know. It's... Or you could lose 10 pounds <laughs> or whatever they say. <laughs> but they don't say like, how about if that wasn't your face? Yeah. I'd love that. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, can you imagine? And you're like, I, your mother... that, we all, to be human is to hate your face. So, I, I But mean, also yeah. like you're the like, relationship of, of a mother to a child is yes. literally staring into each other's faces you're, until you're tall enough to be the same height as your mother. It's like your whole life is your mother getting in your face and being like, what do you want? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do, you know, like right. that connection is like altered. Right. Oh. Your face is different. She's bad shit crazy, Chris yeah. Oh, yeah. Jenner. Oh, right? like, a, like a fox, though. Yeah. 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 I mean, she's yeah. a moneymaker. Yeah. She's but, a good businesswoman. Yeah, but... Yeah. Because didn't all, she, like... Those ratings were plummeting, and they are all having babies on schedule now. It wasn't like, three of them are having tape, babies like, within months of each other. But the sex tape was, was her Calculated, idea, right? yeah. Was, was Chris Jenner's idea. Like, my daughter's sex tape. You know, like, that's a great, you know... I wish my my mother had had that much confidence in oh my, my God, in my sexual being. Like I'd be a totally different person if my mother was like, "You are desirable, and the world should see you fuck <laughs> a black man." That's what the world should see. Right, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Like, yeah, exactly. And I would have been like, "You, that, you're right. Uh, well, yeah, that, age, that is what like, people should I'm, see." Uh, <laughs> my God, we're gonna completely change your body. <laughs> then we're gonna put you in pornography. Yeah, and people are gonna respond. Yes. Yeah, and you're gonna, gonna love it. A huge you're gonna love it. <laughs> oh, anyway, I just don't understand why anybody would want to be that level famous. I, I would not want to be a tenth of that famous. Like, no, it's there's no. no, no. Int- I have zero interest in that. And you know, the older I get, the less I, ambition I have yeah. for that. I just don't. But also, I'm so is, grateful that I'm not like. Would it's that? I don't thing, like walking though, into like, Franklin and Company and having someone scream my name. We know someone that I know. Yeah. I can't imagine like if that's your life, your reality. That just is no way to live for me. But do you think? And I'm curious, Julie, because 
you know, obviously there were just like years and years where you were the face of a thing. You know, like you like there weren't that many people doing what you were doing. Right, and and I true. know you're living in L.A., so, OK, there's a lot of famous people around and stuff. But it's really interesting to me because the, the concept of fame to me has always been tied to your work, mm-hmm. meaning like, yeah, I don't know, maybe someday if I did something that was great enough that touched people enough, then it would be okay if people felt like they had a connection to me in some way. I mean, like, yeah. when I saw you when you, when I came in here, yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't, like, like, you had a huge fundamental developmental influence on me you know as a young comedy fan and oh, so too. and so that yeah, is like truly. but that stuff is totally visceral and you're and you're like but like you said you know, it's based gaspy. on work it's based yes. on your work and it's like not like these people their work is just like what am i going to wear today so i i don't know i guess i was just curious about like you're not necessarily yours but drew's or whoever's feeling about notoriety let's call it for your work i mean that's something you would be comfortable with right absolutely or you would want because it would no, get more work but you I, wouldn't want they to... like what i do it's the it's it's amazing and it's really touching and it's like oh that's so cool that whether you like this show or whether you like something you've seen me do on you know it's very it's it's really sweet and touching and, I, and it's always nice when people are nervous to tell me that because i'm like oh my god please it's i, I would love hearing that um, but the screaming at you when you're the trying scrutiny. to get into a car, like yeah. when you walk outside or did you, I mean, you must've had that. At yeah, I did. Yeah, I sure. did. And you, it was, um, it's kind of overwhelming and I, I wouldn't say I loved it ever but because to me, what I was always doing was about what kind of work I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. what right. kind of idea and, and what characters kind of, and characters and, yeah. and what I'm trying to put out there. And that's what was interesting to me. And then the fact that it worked and then people knew who I was, it was, you know, sometimes it's it's people. Most people are sweet. They are. They come up and they mm-hmm. tell you. But then you get assaulted sometimes by people who think. They can just scream at you mm-hmm. or even grab you. You yeah. know, that's really creepy. Yeah. And why would a person ever just touch another do. person? They do. They do. And you're so like, nuts. what yeah. the hell? Yeah. And because, um, you know, like if you perform somewhere or you're out somewhere, they can be drinking. Yeah. And they yeah. lose that's all true. the perspective. And they, I think what happens She's is they so go. anti-alcohol. Drugs. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, came here think, I came here thinking I'd be offered a cocktail. I apologize. Uh, I was hoping to pour a little Bailey's into my coffee. I love my fans. My I, I sober fans. My fans. I think what happens uh, is people. Like, no, but you're absolutely right. They, they see you and they go, I know her. And right. they just look. Right. They that's lose, it. That's like, it. I want to touch it. their minds. Yes. And I, it reminds them of something you know from the past or something and um they they don't look at you really as a person mm-hmm. they're looking at you as a thing from their right. life yeah you know like um, if you yes. saw a smurf you might want exactly hug it. exactly i'd well, hug a smurf you know, if i uh, saw yeah. one our friend sam pancake uh was it was either and i, I maybe have said this <laughs> yeah. before i don't know anything that happened on, to sam pancake i mean it was either on <laughs> curb enthusiasm or um arrested development one of those two shows 
he was one. It was I think it was on Curb. I think Larry David called him a cunt on the show, and it was a big thing. And and oh, no, he so people, people just screaming him all the time, running up to him, going, "Hey, cunt!" and like in his face. Oh. And I think now, I mean, he's told the story enough that he's he's he realizes very quickly what that is. Yeah. Right. But can you imagine no. what that you know reality <laughs> Every is? Time, when yeah. It's just sort of like that's so upsetting and it's yeah. so violent and it's like that's a you know people are like you know and it's like we would be mentally ill deranged creatures if we walked around all the time like it, it, like prepared with full knowledge of all of our work like you know what I mean like, yeah. if, if, like yeah. oh that was quoting that TV show I was on 10 oh, 12 years ago whatever it's like you don't think like that you're not yeah. always going no. and John Waters always said that he talked about one time that this um, this woman ran up to him and she was like I'm glad I got an abortion and he was like excuse me and then it was and then she kind of got and she was like that was a line in your movie your and he was like oh right and I wrote that line but in 1980 you know what I mean I was like yeah. I don't remember I'm no. not constantly walking around going yeah that's a line from my movie that would make you yeah, really creepy that's happened to but me a lot of times no I'm sure people will quote something and I go uh, I mean, like I don't know because right. if you did write it and then you just did it, you don't like it's gone from your brain. And you're sitting well, watching right? your own well, work. Well, then who all the would time. you be? Yeah, if you were like, oh, that's one of so mine. Weird. Like every time. Yep, I've met like one of mine. I've met comedians <laughs> like that though. Yes, they know I that know. they're well. Those are the people that tell the same jokes for twenty years. Yes, exactly. I know. I and know. you're like, you cannot keep doing this to people. I know. I realize this is like a tourist trap, and they're. they're rotating new people in but you cannot you, no. keep, you have to write a new joke mm-hmm. I'm sorry you have to <laughs> you do you yeah. absolutely yeah. do and you, you can't, can't just sell the same jeans you can't for 25 years well and yeah. people mean well like you said most of the time yeah, but they, they also are. they. I think a lot of times people want to get they want to get a step closer than just saying hi I'm a fan I like what you do so their way in is to is to show you like because sometimes I've had people act like uh, I don't give a shit about who you are, what you do, but my roommate loves you, or something weird. This oh, weird yeah. backhanded thing, yeah. And you're just sort of like, um, okay. And you, also, like, you don't have to talk to me. Exactly. Like, and I was no like, one I is making you come over here. And I talk didn't go to up me. to you yeah. and say, "Hey, what do you think of my work?" And when he, like, I didn't. You could just we could you could talk or not. Yeah, talk. I didn't invite you to interrupt my conversation. Exactly. Just to kind of <laughs> tell me that you are. But they well, want to be the like equivalent of what do I know you from? And you're like, uh-huh. no. Oh, I know. No, I know. But um, it's part of that. It's an extension of that whole. Um, selfie thing which is mm-hmm. that people feel like they should get a picture of something whether it's like a praying mantis on a flower outside of their door right or right. you and franklin and co <laughs> yes. they're like i better get a picture of this yes i know and that you're like which which it's just like if you want one but that's yeah. very nice of course but if you're just taking one because you think there's something here to take a picture of well, yes it's I crazy know. it is very and, it and, is and you're interrupting your own life like right I don't. I want to be clear. It's like somebody has a genuine compliment to give you. There could be nothing nicer in Nothing's the world. Nothing's nicer than that. But it is weird that. when they neg you. Yes. Yeah. Where they and, treat and you like it's kind of treat how you treat of, a pretty girl. Where you're like, I hope you don't think I'm going to buy you a drink. And you're like, I hadn't even thought about you. <laughs> but now that you say it, right. I certainly hope you are. And then yeah. it's like, gotcha. Right. Yeah. And it's that thing where it's like I'm. I don't. I want to be closer to you, so I'm going to be familiar, and I'm going to treat you like we're friends already. Or I'm, the f- or I'm funny. Yeah, I'm funny. So I, right. I'm the funny one. So and I'm going to make a joke at like, you. And yeah. I, yeah, you're right. The whole mo is you don't have to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not asking for it, and I don't assume anybody 
knows who I am, and I and I've and I you know, and both of you have. I mean, you have such a following with with Ron and Bev, and it's like, but I know both of you. Like, neither one of you walk around like that either. Like, you must know who I am. You know, no, but I did have a funny thing happen to me once, though. I was in Budapest, Budapest, um, with a girlfriend of mine. I was I was doing a movie over there. This was. A couple of years ago, that movie Spy, and uh-huh. I had a lot of downtime, Julie, because I was in like <laughs> one and a half scenes, uh, and half of one of those scenes there was a mouse on my yes, chest. Yes, I love that movie, which I, I put it. there myself. Which to this day I'll never understand why. But it was like you know when you're when you're quote unquote acting, you're in. I'm like I know what they want me to do, and then and then I was like, this is a filthy rat that came off the floor of someone's apartment. Like yeah. they don't have any health and safety so they, standards they in this really, country. They put real mice all over you. I put it on me, but they had, they were like, can it go on your hand? And I was like, I think we all know what we wish would happen mm-hmm. here. Um, and, and the, the, the mouse actor was nothing if not respectful, I will say. <laughs> he didn't urinate on me, nothing happened. Yeah. Um, but I was having lunch in this like lovely remote garden up by the castle or whatever with a friend of mine who had come, she had business somewhere. And so she was like, I'm going to stop on the way. And it was really just us and like two other tables. And we started going deep on like all of our friends. Uh-huh. Like, what do you think's going on in that marriage? What do you think's going on? You know, like uh-huh. we were and we had uh-huh. like two bottles of rose in and we yeah. were thousands of miles from home and we were like, let's spill it. Like, uh-huh. let's spill it all. And <laughs> this guy at the next table just kept kind of looking over. And and I was like, I mean, I don't, it was, he just, and I kept, so I said to the waiter, I'm like, I think he's trying to get your attention Mm because there's only two tables out here and there's no reason why these people should be like, like it just kept happening. And I'm like, sir, like this, these people, of course I'm inserting myself in there. I'm worried about whether they're getting service. (laughs) Like, like a person can't ask for a waiter, but of course that's what I end up doing. And he said, excuse me. Um, oh, no, no, I'm trying to get your... T- and I was like, oh. And then I was like, oh, shit. So now we're... Of course, they're American. and Because uh-huh. it wasn't such a, like, everybody's American place, you know, where you assume everybody knows. Right, right. And they were like, he's like, are you um, Rana from Rana and Beverly? And oh. I was like... Uh, and he was like, I heard your voice from across the thingamajig. Oh, my And I God. was like, not only did he hear my voice, he heard my opinion, my intimate opinions of About everybody's everybody. relationships. <laughs> and, and I just was like, after that, I just, I mean, they were very lovely. Yes. And I, of course, thought he was like a gay architect from Brooklyn. And they were like, oh, no, he was traveling with his two best girlfriends. And I was like, and do you have a boyfriend or a husband? And he was like, no, no, I'm. I'm straight, and I was oh like, my God. Oh my I was God. like, this How has been wonderful. Can I, step can I pick up your check? Yeah, of course, exactly. Anyway, that was too long of a no, story, I, but the I, but the yeah. point just being that sometimes people you never do know. hear your voice, and you you're like, know. oh. No. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. but really, no one ever and then recognizes me for anything. I just get, I don't know when I'm going to learn the lesson that like on the flip side because every now and then I'll get that vibe and I'm like, oh, he totally, totally know who I am. Right, and they're like, kind can you thing. get off my shoelace? And I went uh, just <laughs> this weekend. Uh, I was in Palm Springs for a friend's uh, wedding celebration and I forgot my bathing suit, so I went with a couple of friends to go get a bathing suit and we went to we went to Trina Turk because I want to spend four hundred dollars for a speedo. Or Mr. Turk. Mr. Turk. We went to Mr. Turk. Her husband's story, yeah. And so I went in there and the sales guy was so nice and there were I was with two friends and both of whom are very accomplished, well, you know, actor comedian friends as well. So I don't know why I in my in my disgusting narcissism I thought I was 
special, but they, we were all kind of talking and chatting, and he was really familiar with us. And also like a salesman kind of thing, but he was also, I get to, I was like, he knows who we are. He knows who, he recognizes us and whatever. So then the two of them were, I got a bathing suit and then I'm walking out and the two of them walked out in front of me and he stopped me, grabbed my arm and he got kind of shy and he was like, hey, um, and I was like, he's going to say, <laughs> I recognize you and whatever. And I just want to say, or, or, or all three of you or yeah. whatever, you know, and I was ready for that. And he was like. Your fly is down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. That's way more helpful than telling me that. And, but I was so gross because it was just about to go, yes, I am. You know, and he was like, you are going to walk out with your, your dong out. on the street. So enjoy your life. That's awesome. I want to hear some um, stories or opinions or whatever. Who you want? Well, let's see. Because um, I didn't know I sh- I should have thought of the story, but of course I have stories. Oh, you have eight had million a life. Um, well, I think you know that's what's weird is we're talking about music. Like I uh-huh. can't. I had when I had my son. It was an emergency. Like I almost died. Right? Oh wow! Oh, no. I didn't know yeah, that. it was. Yeah, I never told Previa you that. No. Placenta or something like that. No, they they were inducing the baby because he was so big. He was so oh, big. Wow. So they induced it, and then it got screwed up. And the anesthesiologist who was doing the epidural, he's like putting the epidural on my back, and he suddenly goes, "Uh oh!" And I go, <gasps> "What?" He goes, "Well, um," and then it went turned into emergency situation, and then it, the epidural went up my spine, which paralyzed my lungs. Right? <gasps> I know. Oh, so I'm looking at everybody, and I my can't God. breathe. And so suddenly it's like I'm unconscious. They get the baby out. They get the baby out in like 30 seconds when they do a C-section, which I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. But my poor husband was there freaking out. Your second husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh Um, My Uh second husband. (laughs) That's right. You're right. Um, He was freaking out. And I was unconscious for like six hours or something. And they, he kept saying, what's going to happen? They go, we don't know. Do they put so, you on a respirator in that oh situation? No, they didn't, I guess. Or maybe uh-huh. they did for a while. You I must sh- have felt like you were I drowning. Never, Is that what that felt I just like? had this moment of like, yeah, it was horrible. It was like a, where you think you're dying. Because you, you can't, you know, because if you take a breath, you, you it's the effort you put into breathing. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And you're going, oh, like, it's so And you're exerting so much effort and your heart's so hard. Oh, my God. So then, okay, so then. It's like sleep paralysis. Yeah, that's, it was like that. So then I finally wake up six six hours later and my, you know, my one thought was, I hope the baby's okay. And so they gave me the baby. The baby was fantastic. He was, because that was my fear, you know. And I, because I thought if anything happened to him and he was perfect. But then I noticed that, um. After that, um, I, then I had this thing called a spinal headache because my spinal fluid Ugh. was uneven because of the. I was so oh, insane. The, the whole thing was so horrible, which is why a I have one kid. Spinal headache. Yeah, which is if you sit up, you get an insane headache because your spinal fluid is not imbalanced because of the epidural. So oh. it's like uh, it's like the opposite of craniosacral. It's like what craniosacral is based on. Oh, really? That kind of work is about manipulating oh. your spinal fluid. Yeah, it's so horrible. that you're balanced. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and like it's very relaxed. And I'm trying to breastfeed, so of course you have to sit up. It was just a nightmare. But then I noticed that as you know, I'm ha- after he's born, I suddenly can't listen to music. It can't. It it just fries me. And this goes, I mean, for a couple of years, and then, then I really started to pay attention because I was so caught up in the baby. And 
I mean, I, it's taken me years to figure out what it was, but it was, I think it's PTSD because PTSD wow. can make you super anxious and sensitive. So it really manifests in like background music makes me so anxious. We were just talking about this before we yeah, started recording that's right. about how you were like saying when you go to like Ralph's I, or I get, something. I start to get panic attacks. I when, mean, was Ralph's. music playing in the delivery no, room? No, I think it's just, it's the, um, it's the overstimulation of mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're shopping and there's this horrible whiny music playing, you know. Um, Do you, can you stand people eating? Yeah, that's okay. okay. It's just like, it's more just like if there's too many sounds going on at once, mm-hmm. like too many sounds, I start getting like... That really bothers me. So yeah. I think it's That's really so crazy, weird. Like as a musician, oh I know, just, you know, always performing and singing and like, I know around music so much. Then it's like what a I know, and bummer. I can't listen to background music. So I can listen to music if I'm specifically listening to it. But when people are always, you know, wherever you are, people want to put background music on. And I'm like, I know, it, it's like a. A, a hum of something that's going, ee, 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 which is really weird. And I also noticed that when my son was little, you see moms, they can, um, they can like the kids yapper, yammering and doing all, they make a lot of noise. Yes. The, all the other moms could tune it out and I could not ever tune it out. I could <gasps> never tune oh, out God. what he was saying. That's, that's <laughs> oh my God. awful. It, it was. And he talked a lot. So, Have you seen We Need to Talk About Kevin? No, I'm too scared to see it. And here's something that, like, have you seen this movie? No, no. Okay. Uh, I can't imagine being a parent and watching that movie. That's something that, like, I've told my brother. I'm like, maybe don't watch this movie. I mean, what's it about? It's about, and it's obviously, yeah, it's obviously not (laughs) your story at all, but it just made me think of this insanely evocative scene in the movie. Tilda Swinton and John C. Riley are the parents of a kid who ends up being a school shooter. And the movie, it's brilliantly titled because the whole movie, you're like, you need to talk about what's going on. Right. And Tilda Swinton plays a woman who is very intelligent. You love these people. That's the thing, too. Like, they're just these really smart, cool, like, Silver Lake people. Right. And she has a baby against her better judgment because she's like, I guess I should have this, this kid. But you can just tell she's never really wanted a kid and never felt right. that need. And she gives birth to this kid who immediately has no connection to his mother and it's and is great with his father and so the dad doesn't even see it and so it's all about the other kind of and it's is it a I horror kinda, movie yes it yeah. is it's very much told like a horror movie it's it's a it's a brilliant movie I could watch it once and I'm will never be able to see it again yeah but there's an amazing scene where she can't handle the baby screams so much and she goes out into a construction zone and pushes the stroller out into the end to hear jackhammers. And she just to hear as much other noise as she can other than the baby. And she has a moment where she breathes and then she still hears the baby over the construction <laughs> thing. That's great. And I, and I remember mm. it's so powerful because I was like, I feel like that would be me with a child. Like, right. I, I, I just, I mean, I love my brother's kids so much and I, but I'm just like, I would have the hardest time because I'm very sensitive to noise. Yeah. I can hear an ambulance miles yeah. away and people laugh at me and I'm like, there's an ambulance and they're like, what? And then it'll, it, I, and, and I have that with smell. Do you? It's so weird how like, you yeah. have certain things, but cause like I, I will, and, I, and being an improv teacher made it worse for me because you oh, have to be God. paying attention constantly. Oh. And I'm that weird teacher that I'm like, if Tuning somebody's in, yeah. clicking a pen in the back yeah, of the room or yeah. with candy or making a wrapper or right. too much noise, I have to stop a scene and go, can you stop? And I know they look at me like, oh my God, their teacher's crazy. Right. But I'm trying so hard to focus. That's and I what can't. I'm talking about, yes. though. It's I have the a two really sounds are like, that. Mm, yes. you know, and I didn't have that before I had this trauma. Wow. So, and then I, yeah, it's taken years to figure it out. Like, why? And I'm super. Super sensitive to sound, 
like super sensitive to sound. Do you and, get nauseous if um, the sound is like too sharp or too? No, but like much? I've been in restaurants I can't eat if it's oh, like yeah. yeah. People or the people are talking really loud. Or yeah. There's too much music, or the music is too loud, or the or the restaurant's too loud. Yeah, Sometimes, can't even yeah, I know. eat. I'll be the th- I can be the same. I can walk. Isn't that a, weird? Very like unpleasant. A, there's yeah. some people's voices. It's always when there's the oh. one the one voice that has to sit on top of yes. the other voices in a in a crowded room. Yeah. There's always the one who has to sit. Yes. Like that, and I'm like yes. I can't handle this person, and I fly into a rage. Well, you have exactly. This is what I have. And I know, and, and the, yes, I do and the thing with make, voices. Though. Yeah. People make if fun I hear of me. They're like the next table. I listen yeah. to whole conversations. Oh, yes. my yeah. God. But it's, well, the high, also, it's the high yeah. frequency It's the high voice. frequency. And it's also, we're trained to do that. That's I know. what we do for yeah. a living, yeah. is to pay attention to, to weird information. Yes. And go, yeah. that's something. Yes. Hold on to that. Yes. Use yes. that later. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know? And so you, you hold on to it, and then you're like, I... I can't not hear this, and I'll be with people, and they're like, "True, relax. I know. I Calm down. Look at me. Hi. Deal with me. You're like, I'm like, no, I can't. Right. I can't because I'm having dinner is... with this person yes. now. Yeah, because yes. that girl I'm at is their occupying. Table. Yes, is uh, occupying all my attention. That yes. girl. You know what I've done sometimes because what really bugs me, like if a girl's talking like this and telling her friends, right? And I will start <laughs> doing her voice. I'll go, "Oh yeah, I just want to." And my son has freaked out. He goes, "Don't she'll hear you?" I go, "They never do. They, they never do." do. <laughs> they never do. So I keep experimenting with that. And I think they, they're they deaf to their own sound. Yes. Clearly, right? Yes. That they sound like an idiot. I know. I know. <laughs> and with it, words don't even matter. No, it's no, like no. A, they're an idiot by tone. You know, it's like, it's like I don't even care what you're saying. I know. But if you when notice, you like, like cool that, people don't really sound don't, like that. Because they don't have to. I know. They don't have to, they don't have to work that hard. I and know. I'm like, just it's a t- it is a terrible. Down trend though the sound of not to be totally misogynistic for a minute but the sound of women's voices now yeah just the trend of like i don't, don't want to like say anything that might not sound smart or, or particularly it's my problem is with women who are smart yes who, who are doing the thing where they're like i i oh. guess it's kind of like the military industrial complex after the second world war <laughs> like like meets the communist interference in eastern europe like that sort yeah. of thing is that what you mean drew yeah and you're, oh, like, and you're like you're like or you could just say it or you could just, just say, say it. the thing yeah, just say the, it yes the the, the like um, i don't want apology. you to not find me attractive while i'm saying yes. this because like i'm also a totally viable attractive sexual being the pressure who doesn't want to threaten women you? put themselves to be everything and, <laughs> yeah and and, and also like the girly just have an thing, opinion. the little girly thing. Where is, is like, Christiane Amanpour when we need her? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but I'm also, it's just a thing where it's like, it's cute and to a point. And, and it's like, I just, I can't, I can't with it. Cause it's, it feels contrived, yes. especially with intelligent people. It's like, and you know, there is like this sort of trained voice. It's like a cute voice. Like yes. I don't want to be too threatening Yeah. because if I talk like this and I'm gonna be like really cute and you're going to really like me, um, and, and gay men can do it too. Sometimes they can, they put it on so that it's yeah. like, they're not going to be too threatening in a way that it's like, I don't know that that's actually your voice. It makes and me want to shake like people. Problematic because you don't want to say that to women or to gay. Like, is that really your voice? I know, but you really do want. Sometimes you wonder, like, what's that about, and like, where is that coming from? Because it is. It's very performative. It, also, it, yes, and it's yeah. pleading for attention in a way. Yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Taking the do. floor, yes. or like taking the space, kind yes. of. Yeah. As they do. Yeah. Um. Wow. Well, I um. I'm. 
I'm glad you figured out that's what that is and that's yeah. what it's from. And it's that's that's so crazy. Well, that was it was a whole bunch of things that happened. I mean, but like, you know, I've had to figure out why I'm so anxious because I got super anxious about three years ago. Mm. And so I've had to unravel my whole life and go, OK, what happened? And I think that was a key trauma. Among uh-huh. traumas. Well, yeah, that's right? a huge, yeah, that's a yeah, huge thing. Yeah, among traumas. Yeah. <laughs> Would you please do a show called Among Traumas? Among my traumas. <laughs> you know what I started watching recently, I've gotten obsessed with, is my 600-pound life. Oh. Oh, I have watched that one a lot. I know, people can't watch it. I know. I mean, I'm fascinated by anyone intense. that's fused to a couch, but that is... I know, but here's the thing. Rough. I don't know why I kept watching it. I really don't. But then I started watching it, and what happens at first, you're completely repulsed. And you're like, just stop eating. Why are you eating that? Blah, blah, blah. And then as the, sh- as the show goes on, you start feeling compassion for them. Oh, it's heartbreaking. And they're trying yeah. to lose weight. Then by the end, when they've lost like 200 pounds or something, and they get their gastric you're just like so happy for them. And yes. I'm like, what a weird thing that yes. you're, you're really rooting for them, which surprised me because at first it was just so repulsive. I know, but then all... I get so mad and jealous when I'm like, when Mama June loses all that, it's like a size four now. And, and, well, that and, doesn't yeah. happen from honey on the show that much. You know, yeah. No, but I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I'm not a four. <laughs> like all this time she's been losing all this weight. I'm like, what right. have I been doing? What have I been doing? Yeah. Just... What have I been doing? <laughs> but I think we just also sitting on my love... couch eating pork rinds. <laughs> we love story it's like a human thing to need a beginning middle and yes an end. yeah and so we love watching and we live vicariously through other people and it's like whether that's in you know and i you know i get through because i i just get so like a, such a stickler about like as a writer and an actor i'm like i want stories told to you by writers and actors right. like i want if it's a documentary there's there's such an art to a documentary oh yeah oh you yeah know? and there and a lot of reality shows have a lot of art in them as well and you have to realize that they're not all trash there's a lot of you know um but it is that structure that we want them to win yeah. oh, you, you start I to mean, follow someone and you're like i want them i got to find out right and some of the editors on those shows are like Heroes. Oh, the things that they come up with are just, I mean, the way that they weave a story together. Like they're doing so much of the work. Yeah. Um, That made me think, actually, that sort of dovetails into this story story I wanted to tell, but it's not really about me. It's sort of about me. I'm in it. All right. Is that good? Another story from your childhood. That's the one from my childhood. Oh, good. Oh, good. 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 Um, But speaking of pork rinds and couches and (laughs) six hundred pound lives, it made me think of this. But um, and and it's real. I feel bad because it's not like totally. I wish I was telling you something more revealing about myself. Oh, it's fine. But maybe what will happen is maybe my point of view will be revealed, (laughs) and you'll be like, "Oh, you're a terrible person, and you always have been." That's that's really cute. That's so cute. no, and then as I was saying, I had like uh, when when I met Julie when she when I came in just to, to further make her uncomfortable. I love. I it. was like, <laughs> I had been in my mind about this story, which I hadn't thought about in a while, and I was like, ah, it took it took me back to to that time, um, which was that I grew so I grew up in a family of six kids. And six kids in eight years. So it was like a, a very um, wow, that's, packed wow, household. That is a lot. And yeah, and we all had our own bedrooms. So it was like, even though it was packed, you there was always somewhere to retreat to, to some extent. I mean, I don't remember anyone ever knocking on my door. But, you know, in theory, you had your own space. Mm-hmm. 
And at some point, I'm the fifth, and at some point, people started to go to college, and so the house became uh, emptier in a good way. You would mm-hmm. think. You would think if you had been living like with circus performers for a <laughs> while, and it was like you know, like those people that have cats, like big cats. Oh, sure. Where like when they lose a panther, you think like, oh, okay, well, there's a little more room for the Siberian t- tigers now, you know. And it's like, nope, we're gonna get another panther in no. here. Like, no, they I've can't. seen, I've seen those documentaries. <laughs> I've seen that. You've Melanie seen Griffith. cat people, haven't you? I've seen cat oh, people. Oh my cat god, people, and I've seen Roar. Um, I know all those. Was Roar the movie? With Tippi Hedren and yeah. Melanie Griffith. When oh, Melanie yeah. Griffith gets mauled over yes. to over a 15-year period of time. Yes, yes. I saw that for the first... Oh, Have my God. No, oh, I want to see it. Holy shit. It's crazy. I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, not at all. Uh, one, I do want to aside. We can talk about it afterwards, but I need to talk about whether anyone has seen The Woman in Red. The Woman in Red. The Gene Wilder movie. Kelly LeBrock? Of course. Yeah. No. Wait. Yeah, I don't know. Did you see it like a long time ago? Oh, yeah. A million times as a child. I love that movie, but okay, I seen it we're going to have to talk about it okay, in a minute great. because... I had a traumatic experience watching it the other okay. night. Um, <laughs> it may have ruined Gene Wilder for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. which is a really intense yes. thing to have happen yes. when you yeah. think Gene Wilder. The greatest. Who could ruin Gene Wilder? And then you watch that thing and you're like putting the pieces together of what happened here. Okay. Um, anyway, to, to be continued. But the um, I really do hope we continue that if we have time. Yes. But um, anyway, so my mother had this friend who started an English language school. And so she supposedly wanted like good families for these students because they were coming from wealthy homes or something. Who knows? Or she just was starting the school and needed to put these kids somewhere. Mm -hmm. And my mother started taking these exchange students. And I was like, why are we taking these exchange students? Like, weren't we? Didn't we just get people out of here? You know, like, didn't I just stop fighting over the remote control with the the five people above me? Right, right. And so I was like, what the fuck is, but also, you know, it's, you're young, your mother's in charge, you know, it's not like you have a say at Mm -hmm. the like, you know, board meeting of the family that you can, that you can vote against, you know, something. And so this was at the time when MTV was becoming like, that was everything, basically. MTV and HBO were everything. And Saturday Night Live. Those were the only three things that we had as children. Sure. And they were enough. I know it all too well. Um, (laughs) And they were plenty Mm -hmm. and they were enough. And at 3.30 every day, I'm like, I'd like to go home and lay on my couch and like watch a little MTV right now. Yeah. Because MTV was also programmed so differently than what it is now. But anyway. Mm And Pee-wee's Playhouse, we had Pee-wee's Playhouse. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so she took this one exchange student, Cesar, and I fucking hated Cesar. <laughs> he was he was this big, fat, sloppy Mexican teenager, and he couldn't. It didn't matter how long he. I think he stayed with us for a year. It did not matter how long he was there. He did not learn any English. Okay. (laughs) Not like, hello, nothing. He and my brother spoke Spanish because my brother had been to, um, had done this program program called Amigos de las Americas and he had been to Spain. And so he spoke Spanish so he could speak Spanish to Cesar. And I fucking hated Cesar. And I would cut, he would get home from school before I would get home from school. And he would every day be downstairs in the basement, like in the basement we had like, you know, MTV and a bumper pool table and like it was like, you know, the gentleman's club Uh and (laughs) ridiculous ColecoVision, you know, whatever. (laughs) Atari 2600. I love the idea that I was living at like a fun and games. Fun and games was the was the Dave and Busters of Boston. And so uh, so 
you'd get home. And also, he again, he was like 6'2". And he would be laying across the entire couch and watching MTV. And his favorite of all time was Paul Abdul. Mm. And which I get, which I, I, I no get one it. could blame. She owned, she yeah. she owned poor Paul Abdul. I saw at Barney's pushing her dog in a stroller. Of course, uh, not long ago. Yeah. Of yeah. course, she looked she looked just like Paul Abdul, right. um, but she was pushing her dog in a stroller. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he, the only words, of course, he learned were Paul Abdul, Paul Abdul. So he would <laughs> he would lay on the couch and he would mo- twist his finger. Like a siren, like in a circle, kind of, you know, uh-huh. and he'd be like, woo, woo, palabdu, palabdu. And he would <laughs> he would eat an entire bag of Salsa Rio um, Doritos. That was like when Doritos started coming out with signature flavors. Yes. Um, and he would drink a two liter of Coke. Wow. And you would never be able to get your hands on it. That was the only, we only had cable downstairs. So it was like, you would be like, you'd get home and it would just... That was it. You'd have to go watch fucking Brady Bunch reruns upstairs yeah, right. or like do your homework. So I just <laughs> and then my brother started to get him to play field, play street hockey with him. And so it would be like you'd try to sneak in. But then you started liking that he was down there because you knew it was like at least Cesar's fucking downstairs. Like he's yeah, what locked was, up downstairs. From, what, what was annoying about him? Was it just it, he was dumb and he, he was he was just a big, dumb, stupid idiot. Uh huh. Who nobody wanted. Do you know what I mean? I love that you're, like, you're so going back to the the, the age then. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, like, know, he's right? dumb. He, he was stupid. dumb, and he was stupid, and he was an idiot. <laughs> was he cute at all? No. Okay. Um, uh, but he didn't have acne. I will give him that. Oh, there uh-huh. you go. Um, but mostly he was just in the way all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was right. like, that was right. really his biggest crime was that he was in the way and he couldn't communicate. It was like having Lenny from Of Mice and Men living in your house <laughs> where you'd be like, he's everywhere you wanted to go. He was in the right. way. He was probably madly in love with me for all I know. Yeah. You know, just because I hated him so yeah. much. <laughs> and you knew he was jerking off and, it, you know, he was just a gross teenage boy. Yeah, it was yeah, like, right. you should be inflicting this on your family, not yes, on our family. Yes, yes. But we already have a few of those. Right. So I just hated him. It's so mean. He was probably, he was so sad. His family didn't want him. Like, you know, as an adult, you're like, this poor kid. And he was so happy in our house because he would play with my brothers and stuff. And then finally, they they moved him to another family. I don't remember why. Maybe he had to go to another school or or he went and he came back and we took someone else or whatever. Anyway, there was a blizzard one day. Of course, because we were in Boston. Mm -hmm. And so Cesar, who... You know, would drink his two two uh, two liter Coke classic and have his salsarias every day. There was a blizzard, and so he and he only wore those like LL Bean moccasins, so like mm. no socks, boat shoes, basically. Which and I have on right now. But can, yeah. mm-hmm. no, no, that's like a Sperry top sider, basically. Okay, okay. His were like those um, leather kind. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like yes, bluchers, yes, sure. basically. Okay, great. So he would, um, so he basically, he needed to get his Doritos and his <laughs> and his Coke. And the store was like a mile from our, like a little store was like a mile from our house. So he put on his windbreaker and his shoes with no socks. And it was like one of those storms where it was like a foot and then another foot. Like it just came fast. And he walked up to the store 
And so when my mother got home, of course, and we were all like idiots, mm-hmm. <laughs> children, wild, rabid children. Yes. We were like, Cesar went out, Cesar went out in the blizzard, you know, like screaming, like re- like whipping. Everyone was like, you can't go, you can't go, don't go. And he was like, he had to, he was so, it was, they should have studied him at Frito-Lay because he was so addicted yeah. to the crunch and the flavor. He and had the, to have the salsarios. He did that sugar thing. And so he went, he walked a mile in the snow to get the stuff and he came back. And when he came, when he came back, this isn't even going to be funny to you, but it's so funny to me. <laughs> and my mother was like a complete drill sergeant, uh. like, but very like what she said went, and she knew everything, and that mm-hmm. was it. Uh-huh. And everybody was like, so she came back, and there he was, and he like his face was bright red. I mean, he practically had frostbite, yeah, from going to get the salsarios and the and the two liter of coke. And my mother and my mother walked in, and she saw him, and she like you know everybody had recounted to her what was going on, whatever. And he, came, or maybe she was home, and then he walked in like two minutes later, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and she just turned to him, and she goes, "Cesar, no more coke. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, or whatever." And he looked at her, and all of a sudden, he had all this English, you know. And he oh. was like, "Peggy, please, Peggy, please, <laughs> you know, like you can't cut me off. You can't cut me off." And she goes, "No more coke," <laughs> and that was it. And then he lost thirty pounds. <gasps> Wow. And he stayed with us like for another couple months and he lost 30 pounds. Like he became like a normal boy just from not, (laughs) well, just from not drinking, drinking just from not having an extra 5,500 calories. I also was going to say, I can't believe that he would be there for a year and not know English. I was like, he was withholding what he knew. I was like, there's just no way. It is so sad when you look back on it. Can you imagine just sending your kid off? For as long as it takes for them to learn anything. No. It was just clear, like, no one, they didn't want him. You know, I don't know what number he was or if his father got remarried or his mother got, you know what I mean? It was just sort of like. But you're eh. right. But also when you you are a kid, you're not aware of all the other things. You're just like, I don't like this idiot in my house and he's not my brother. And that's like. And he's like destroying the bathroom. And that's why kids are so awful. Kids are so mean because they're not aware that like of all the circumstances and what's going on and what's going into it. No, they don't have compassion. No, not at all. And it's just like, you have what I want and you're in my way. And you're in the way. Yeah. Oh my God. But okay, I would never, just for the record, I would never say to his, I would never tease him to his face and be like, you're disgusting. No. Well, yeah. that makes you nice because yeah. some I don't know if it would. makes me yes. nice, but it may, I mean, I'm sure he knew I would despised him uh-huh. because I would be like, he doesn't, I just wouldn't talk, talk But also to him. like, how old were you at this point? Probably like 13. Yeah. Like, or no, maybe just, like, 12. Boys are gross. 11 like or 12. Like, yeah. Ugh, oh, and boys are just boy. yeah sprouting. We had a lot of my family would have exchange students a lot too. I mean, we would really? sometimes come home. Well, we had um, a French exchange student the summer before my eighth grade year, and I Ooh, was la, la. in love with him. I didn't realize that I was, but I look back and I'm like, oh, I was in love with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. But my brother, he and my brother missed opportunity. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. 12 maybe mm. 13 I, I was 13 and he was 16 and it was like i was like what's going on here and um but he and my brother hated each other it was like because my brother was is two and a half years younger than me and so he was just like it was not cool you know it was like there was such a divide age-wise and it was like he was like there for the whole summer you know Ugh, why and, does your parents do it 
they I, I'm not sure exactly I think that they were um, they I, I know that they were in other situations like my dad was in Rotary and so like Rotary Club and so like we would have like guest people like we would stay uh-huh. like I remember there was like an Indian man that lived in our house for a while and we had like <laughs> we had some members from the um, Austrian Boys Choir oh like that God. stayed with us and they were super creepy super weird how long were they there? they were there for maybe a week but they had zero sense of humor and they were just very serious and it was, they were the little trained performers and they also were you know that part of Europe where they're just like they yeah. just don't find where humor they don't places. have humor Hitler, yeah. so, Hitler Youth and yeah. so there's yeah. a lot of that and our family is just so bawdy and southern and loud and what and it was like they were just like they, we're, we're going to be murdered by these people <laughs> yeah. um, and so yeah I, I think it, I'm glad in retrospect I think it was a cool way of like showing us the world like we were in small town North Carolina and yeah, I think there was they, their way of being like we're going to bring the world to you and see like there are people from you know around the world And but I'm not I'm not sure exactly what inspired it if like my mom read an article in the paper like there's something and she's like that would be a fun thing for the summer and, and also once they agree to it they have to do it. Yes. You know, it's like she might have thought it was a bad idea after yeah. a week, but right. now you agreed to right. it. My there, mother would have still... never done it. My, oh my mother, God. we couldn't even have, a, I mean, she hated our cat. <laughs> she would not <laughs> let an exchange student in the house. <laughs> there are still scents that set me off. I don't know what it is, but there is this cheap uh, perfume, which is very popular in Mexico for some mm. reason. And I will, because I, I mean, I, I have deduced that we had Claudia, this one exchange student, she would wear so much of this fucking perfume. And every now and again, I'll be walking down the street in L.A. and I'll be like, mm. you're sensitive to smells. And like it just happened. it yeah. just I'm like, oof, like Claudia, it's a lot, a Claudia cloud. Yeah. Now we're almost out of time. So really quickly, Gene I want to go back to Jane Wilder. Okay. Finish yeah. this. Finish this thought. So the movie's on. Kelly LeBrock, we all love from mm-hmm. Weird Science, of course, sure. um, and Miss the ex Mrs. Steven Seagal, mm-hmm. um, and she totally had she's her just moment. Left the business. She just announced she's left the business. Except that she's oh. she's back in. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah. There was That's a, why we're having that feeling of um, general malaise. She actually, it's because her daughter is on this new like Models Junior show. I don't know what it's called, but it's like famous. Boy. People that are semi-famous people that have daughters that want to be models, but her daughter's also like 24, and I'm like, mm, you missed that model mm-hmm. boat. The model boat came six years yep. ago. You were supposed to get on it, right? Um, and they, whatever. Yes, there was some bullshit story about how she was like, I had to go away to raise my kids, and, be, and it was like I didn't even know you were still alive. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, Gene Wilder. So I'm watching this movie, and we, we kind of he it opens. He's on a ledge, da da da, whatever, and then it's all kind of like told backwards. And I was like, what the fuck is this movie about? Like, she does a Marilyn Monroe thing on a vent. Yeah. And it's. Which is the poster of the movie. Yeah. And it's just about a man who sees a woman on the way to work one day and becomes obsessed with her. Obviously, he's having a midlife crisis or something. And he becomes obsessed with this woman and he has to have her. But it's also 84, I think it came out. And so it's also a time when it was like, oh, if your dick is leading you somewhere. You're totally allowed oh, yeah. to fuck whatever the thing is. Oh, yeah. And so I start going, like, we're watching this movie. I'm like, who directed this movie? Like, it's like, no one knows where, they don't know where to put a camera. They're stacking oh, really? four actors. And also you're like, Gene Wilde's been sitting in that car for 11 minutes. Like, what? who would do this? So I'm like, of course, I start IMDb while I'm watching it. 
Gene Wilder directed it. <gasps> oh. And I was like, what? And Gilda Radner is playing like... Gilda Radner is a crazy woman who's obsessed with him. A crazy I she breaks mouse the, creep. Yeah, this she breaks <laughs> I mean, the, the windshield wipers on the car. It's the antenna. Oh, the yes, antenna. Yes, the antenna, the yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and none of it is adding up. And then, of course, there's like Kelly LeBrock, for no good reason, eventually is like, come meet me in L.A. I'm on a photo shoot. You know, like to yeah. Gene Wilder, whose name she doesn't even know, who's still Gene Wilder. Like, right. and he's so, playing himself? No, he's playing Teddy or oh, something okay. like that. But it's like he's a pubic hair headed middle aged man <laughs> who we love from Young Frankenstein. Sure. But, you know, like he's Gene Wilder. Right. And she's Kelly LeBrock. And also, I'm like, how old is she in this movie? She's 22. He's 50. Gilda Radner's 37. Okay. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, my whole head is exploding because Gilda Radner's Gilda Radner, of course. Yeah. She dies five years after this movie. Right. And Rollin was like, uh, oh, maybe this is the movie that they fell in love on. Because I was like, somebody explained this to me, how she could make this movie with mm-hmm. him. And he's like, maybe this is the movie they fell in no, love on. No, they were right together They were already that. engaged yes. when they made this movie. Yes. In fact, they got married like on the press tour for this movie in France or something. And I can't in my mind figure out why he would make this movie. That well, so much crazy. that he wanted to direct it, this, and it's so creepy. This movie, it's crazy to like it's in our creepy. lifetime. What movies? What we accept? Like it's like but he Natural was a creep. Lampoon's Vacation, which is one of my favorite movies. To the it's just still, but you're the whole movie. It's like a married man is chasing Christy Brinkley yes. across the thing, and that's just fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like Beverly and, and you're Angela hoping just to, has to accept, and you're hoping to God he beds her, and then yes, yeah, you were rooting for him. They're in the pool together, and then she just comes out. She's like Clark, and it's like oh well, silly. <laughs> Clark and that's just not he doesn't get any comeuppance yep. he doesn't ever get told right. he can't do that he walks had, into his in mother's birthday party with in, Kelly LeBrock and Charles Grodin is gay in this movie ugh. and <laughs> I, I, but, I never need to hear that sentence ever again <laughs> no but it was like he walks into his mother's birthday party and he brought this 22 year old model with him to the birthday party it, it, like it was so crazy and then at the end there's a buzzer and she's like that must be my husband he's a pilot don't worry he never stays like it was like what is happening what is happening and her husband she pulls up a picture out of her drawer of her husband and he's like 70 oh my god the whole thing was so weird well in, ni- in 1986, two years later, we had a movie, or 87 maybe, where C. Thomas Howell was like, I'm not getting into schools because I'm white, so I'm going to take melatonin oh, pills right. and oh, I'm going to dye right. my skin black. Oh, God, I'd forgotten And that was just a that. wacky comedy, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Soul right. Man. Uh, I guess my like, main issue is that Gene Wilder direct, felt so compelled to direct it. Yes. Like, he wasn't just in a bad... I was like, oh, he's in a terrible movie. Right. And then I was like, oh, he's responsible for this he terrible made this movie. movie. He also wrote it. Oh, oh, no. oh, it was oh, it was a remake of a French film, which mm. I can believe. Yeah, I was like, oh, in French, yeah. this makes a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, sorry, well, to bore everybody. To well, no, I love that. I was like, we have to fi- we have to find out the answer to that because you know we'll get we'll get you know flooded with three or four tweets. <laughs> uh, I right. have to watch it in the original <laughs> French now. <laughs> um, we're out of time, but I want to thank my guests Jessica Chafin and and Julie Brown and so you. much for coming. Thank you for having uh, me. This has been a delightful afternoon. I really needed this today. I, I do actually feel, feel way better. A real, I feel like a yeah. sizable lift. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. Same here. All right, um, you guys, um, this has been another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. Have a week. 